This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 91. Hi, I'm Clay Clark, author of Thrive, How to Take Control of Your Destiny and Move Beyond Surviving Now. You've taken a crucial first step by listening to this. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. Boom! It's sometimes when things don't go well that we get so much more from. We kind of dig deeper and discover talents and strengths and tap into resources we didn't even know we had. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever-important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to your personal and professional growth. Each and every week, you and I get to sit down with a successful and inspiring author and chat about their latest book and their areas of expertise. Things like leadership, business, personal development, career, marketing, entrepreneurship, productivity, and much, much more. Well, in today's episode, we'll sit down with Margie Worrell, author of Brave, 50 Everyday Acts of Courage to Thrive in Work, Love, and Life. And I plan to ask Margie about the importance of owning your individuality, how to say no with more grace and less guilt, the keys for getting through those difficult conversations, including guidelines for giving feedback successfully, and a lot more. And be sure and stick around to the end of our conversation when I'll have more information on how you can join the Train the Brave Challenge called 10 Days to Becoming a Braver You. This is a $99 value that Margie is making available to you as a Read to Lead listener for free with the purchase of her new book. Love to have you join our private Facebook group. If you're in the United States, you can do so as simply as texting the phrase read to lead one word to 33444. We'll get you added to our newsletter list and make sure you get an invite to that private Facebook group where you can interact with many other read to lead listeners and talk about some of your favorite books. If your mobile device isn't handy or you live outside the United States, visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash group. This episode of Read to Lead is supported by SoFi, a leading marketplace lender, where you could save thousands when you refinance your federal and private student loans at lower rates with SoFi. As a listener to this show, you can take advantage of a special $200 welcome bonus when you refinance your student loans. Just go to SoFi.com slash Read to Lead. That's S-O-F-I dot com slash Read to Lead. Margie Worrell provides leadership communication and courage-building programs for organizations including NASA, the UN Foundation, AOL, and Accenture. And as a columnist for Forbes and Huffington Post, her advice is featured throughout leading global media. Her latest book is called Brave, 50 Everyday Acts of Courage to Thrive in Work, Love, and Life. Welcome. We're excited to have you here. It's great to be talking to you. Well, I, I want to give a hat tip to, to you and your publisher, Wiley, and I wish more publishers, more authors did this, but one of the things I loved right away about the book was that you pretty much can't turn a page 
without uh, seeing a, a highlighted piece of text or you know a sentence that is is pulled out and brought to your attention you know things like you can't live intentionally if you're forever living hurriedly or you know other people won't value how special you are unless you do own your individuality and everywhere you turn there are these fantastic quotes which for people like me or, or anybody reading the book really it makes it so easy then to to share this you know via social media I've got this treasure trove of quotes now I, I'm prepared to go tweet about and I love that about the book yeah you know thank you for saying that part of the reason when my publisher said to me you know we'd love you to write another book and I said you know the only book I'm really inspired to write is one that busy people could pick up and very quickly get something from it that was inspirational without having to you know, put on their PhD hat and really, you know, really dive deep. I just wanted something that people could just, you know, just get that quick dose of inspiration and practical advice in and uh, hence why it's 50 different chapters. It was one of them short and sharp and you can read on the go. Yeah, that's another plus for me. It's divided into five sections. So we have live purposely, we have speak bravely, work passionately, dig deep and dare boldly. We won't necessarily have time to go into all of those areas, but I do want to cover mm-hmm. uh, at least a few. Without being aware of it, you say we can grow more attached to what others think of us or what we think they think. Than, mm-hmm. than we think of ourselves. What kind of problems do we create for ourselves, Margie, when we fall into that trap? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we, we, again, essentially we're sort of surrendering our own truth um, and we're laying it on the altar of, of people-pleasing and keeping people happy. And we're not always aware we do it. I mean, so often it's very unconscious. We're not thinking, oh, what will everybody say? But all the time that we're being criticised or, you know, having people not think well of us, uh, is, it gets in the way of us expressing ourselves fully. And, you know, the core of living bravely is about that freedom to simply um, be who it is that we really are and, and not to let what people think or, or fear run our lives. Well, why do you feel it's so important that we own our individuality? Yeah, you know, we are social beings, you know, we, we're wired to want to belong and we're wired to want to fit in. And, and so we have to continually really just embrace who we are, not compare ourselves and try and think, oh, I've got to be more like this person and that person, but just to really own, embrace what makes us unique and what makes us different. Because when all we do is try and fit in, and to conform, then all we have to offer is really conformity. <laughs> and we and really deprive others and ourselves of, of, of what it is that we have to bring. As in, So it's so important to embrace what makes us different. Don't try and dial it down um, because that's our greatest asset. And there's this idea, too, uh, of living life with intention. Margie says, clarifying your highest intention for your life will transform how you live it. Why do you believe in this so strongly, Margie? Oh, look, you know, when I talk about clarifying an intention, I think it's very easy. I mean, we're wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, right? So, <laughs> so therefore, by default, we'll naturally go that path of least resistance. What's the easiest thing to do? Mm. And we can just kind of end up like a ship adrift at sea, going with the currents and the winds and whatever kind of way life takes us. But often if we're not intentional about what it is we want to do and who we want to be and 
then we can end up someplace we don't really like that's pretty uninspiring. And and so having that intention, like what is it, who, what is it I stand for? Who is it I really want to be? It acts like a compass. And sometimes in following that compass, we have to do something that's not so easy, that takes mm. us out of our comfort zone, that can require hard work. Um, but we clear about why we need to do that because that's what we're standing for. That's what we're working towards. So it really is like just setting your GPS. This is what I'm about. This is what I stand for. It's what I want to achieve and who I want to be. Um, less, you know, otherwise we can end up, you know, in a place we, we're not really very excited mm-hmm. about. Well, what isn't talked out gets acted out, Margie says. Margie, what are some of the keys that you recommend to getting through those difficult conversations? Yeah, well, look, just a moment ago, we were talking about having an intention for our life. Well, we actually need to think about what's the highest intention we have for the conversation that we're going to have to talking through the issues. And, you know, any any relationship you have that you value, where you're feeling either frustrated or undervalued or hurt or angry, you know, it's an indication there's a conversation that you need to have that you're not having. And, and we need to really start with, for the sake of what, why is it that I want to have this conversation? What's the positive intention I'm trying to serve? And then recognizing that, you know, we, we've only got one side of the story. You know, the way we see things is based on how we are through the lens we're looking at it through. You know, someone else might feel very differently. They might have a very different take on it. So being willing to, to just ask questions and, 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 and listen. What is it? How is it that they see? What's the, what's the story that they're bringing to it? What are the emotions they're feeling around the issues? And I think when we go into a conversation with an earnest, sincere desire to get a positive outcome, not just for ourselves, but for the other person, even if it's maybe giving critical feedback, then then it really shifts the tone and how people receive it. But um, that seek first to understand before being understood advice is, mm-hmm. is really worthwhile. Just don't, don't go in there just going, this is how it is. Go in there trying to understand and bridge, bridge, bridge the understanding between the two of you. Well, virtually all of us, I think, struggle with saying no. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some ways that you suggest, Margie, for, for saying no with more grace and, and a little less guilt? Yeah, well, look, absolutely. And, and it's something, you know, when I write this book, I write the advice I need to follow too, right? So it's not <laughs> that I don't have these struggles myself. Mm. And for all of us, you know, we live in this era of choice. We have so many good things we can do, so many great causes, so many opportunities, so many ways we can use our time and talents every day. But the problem is, of course, if we're saying yes to everything, we can end up spreading ourselves really thin and not doing the most important things. So it begins by really clarifying what is most important to you. What are your highest priorities? What are your biggest values? Because when we line up what we commit to, what we say yes to, with what we're most committed to, balance naturally sorts itself out. But we have to have that clarity first. So when it comes to saying no, just recognize that whenever you say yes to something, you are by default saying no to something else, whether it's just time with your family, time to to, to just invest in yourself, um, time with other people, time on other, on the other pursuits and goals. So one is getting real clarity. What is most important to you? Then when it comes to saying no, you can say no to the request without saying no to the person and it's asking of it. So thank you so much for asking me. It sounds wonderful or it's a great opportunity. It's something I, I'd love to do it. However, 
I have other things on. I have these other commitments, and I'd be doing a, a disservice to everybody if I if I if I took this on. So you're letting the person know that you appreciate it. You appreciate them. You just can't commit at this point. And then, of course, you can always, you know, make a counter offer and say, well, I can do this, um, or this part of it, or I can do it on this timeline, but not, you know, what you're asking. So. I think it's just always important to make sure, you know, if you value the relationship with someone, you you take care of them and, and treat them with respect. And the old saying, you know, no is a complete sentence. I I disagree with that. I think that just saying no to somebody, um, particularly if, you know, you value that relationship, it, it can be quite offensive to them. So it's really important to take care of them while letting them know you, you have other things going on. Well, I recently had an email conversation, Margie, that was not starting off real well. And a trusted friend said, you've got to pick up the phone. And I'm so glad I did because it it made all the difference. What are some situations where you advocate that we talk instead of type? Ah, well, you know what? Sometimes saying no can be a good one. Someone Mm. might send me a note and say, hey, can you do this? Now, Sometimes I'll send a note right back and say, no, I can't. Thanks so much for asking. But if it may be that I, I really care about that relationship and I'm, and I'm mindful. I don't want them to take it the wrong way. I'm trying to take care of the, of the person who's asked me. So I'll pick up the phone because picking up the phone lets people know, you know, just the act of doing that. It shows more care for the person. It shows more care for the relationship. Likewise, you know, if, you, if you're going to have any sort of, um, it's about anything where, you know, the emotions can run high. You could be giving critical feedback. You could be apologizing for something. Um, picking up the phone can just allow you to have such a better outcome than going backwards and forwards with rounds and rounds of text messages or emails. And also, when there's, when there's emotions that are kind of running high, people are more likely to misinterpret it and to assign meaning that you may never have intended um, because people just, when, when we've got a written word, there's no nuance in that. They can't see our facial expression. They can't hear that we're sort of being fun and playful and a little bit sarcastic. Um, <laughs> they can read all sorts of things into the written word that may not be there at all. So really important to be really to be careful about not over becoming over reliant on our devices on your on your phone or or, or, you know sitting behind the computer because uh, I've seen a lot of angst a lot of hurt a lot of misunderstanding caused because people were too thoughtless or too lazy um, or too timid to pick up the phone or to go and talk to someone in person and uh, you know Technology provides great tools for communicating, but they can be used really bluntly when we use them the wrong way. You mentioned a moment ago a feedback, and in the book, I think you call it an act of, of service to give it. Now, there's no there's mm-hmm. no self uh, or rather fail safe way to give uh, feedback. Obviously, I think you do want to do that in person as, as much as you can. But what, what are some guidelines we can put into practice to increase our chances of giving feedback? successfully. I, I, I'm thinking particularly on your, your ACE feedback formula that, that you share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, 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 yeah, I have a little a formula, four steps in there. And, and what begins with just asking permission. Um, you, may, you may feel like, hey, I'm going to give it to them anyway. But when I say to you, hey, you know, I've got something, some feedback I'd like to give you. Are you okay with that? It, now now it essentially turns the table and they're saying, yes, 
yes, please give it to me. So it makes it easier for them to hear it because they've essentially given you the permission and invited you to give the feedback. Then is letting them, letting, letting people know, you know, what it is you've observed, what, 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 what's the specific thing you want to give feedback on? What's the consequences of that? How does that impact the people around you and how does that impact them the way that they've been acting so you know when you when you're checking your phone when we're sitting in meetings mm-hmm. people feel like you're not really paying attention to them or when you turn up late we feel like you value your time above everybody else's or when you cut people off before they've finished a sentence um People feel like you're not interested in what they have to say. So share your observations and the impact that that has. And then how is it that you, you, you know, what's the desired behavior? You know, what would you like to see people doing? You know, I would, it'd be great if in the future you could come on time or, and just, and letting, letting people know, be specific about the behavior. Don't, don't be adding too much waffle each side, you know, the whole negative, positive, you know, putting a sandwich around it so that, you know, you're fluffing it around. Just be, get to the point. What is it that you see people are doing that isn't serving them um, and that could be hurting their relationships, their reputation, damaging trust? And uh, just be to the point, succinct, and then how that impacts them, how that impacts others, and what's the behavior you'd like to see. Um, I think people really value candor, um, and I certainly know that in the workplace, it's great to be able to count on people to speak the truth versus kind of um, hide behind it and say one thing when you know they're thinking another. Uh, There's a quote at the beginning of of part three of the book, Work Passionately, uh, from John Ruskin that says, the highest reward for a person's toil is not what they get for it, but what they become by it. What what does that concept, Margie, ultimately mean to you? Oh, yeah. Look, it's a really um, – I, I love that quote, and I was glad to be able to put it in there. Um, you know, when you think about the work that we do every day, and, and it's sometimes things don't go to plan, and people let us down, and plans fall apart, and, and things happen that aren't the way we want. And I think it's easy to get – demoralized and feel, you know, just start to feel like, what's the point? But it's who we grow into as human beings. Sometimes when things don't go well, that we get so much more from and that we have the opportunity to kind of dig deeper and discover talents and strengths and, and, and tap into resources we didn't even know we had. And so I think, you know, the work we do, it's not just about what we get, you know, whether it's money or prestige, status, fame, influence. It is about who we get to grow into. And, you know, you look around at some people who've had to deal with some really tough circumstances in their lives. And, you know, most of them will say, I wouldn't be who I was today if it wasn't for what I had to go through. And therefore, I'm grateful for it, even though it wasn't easy and I wouldn't have consciously chosen it. And I think with our work, just... You know, the purpose behind our work, just work like what you do matters because it does matter and and the spirit we bring to things really matters. Well, growth, notwithstanding tough circumstances, are still that tough. If you've ever looked back on a decision you've made that you'd love a do-over on, 
I might have some help for you, particularly if it's in the financial category. Maybe you've, you've overextended yourself in the past or the rates you're paying on your student loans or mortgage are just not quite what you wish they were. Well, the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you by SoFi. They're a leading marketplace lender that offers student loan refinancing, mortgages, and personal loans for ambitious professionals, people just like you. Now, if you're carrying high student loan balances, you could save thousands by refinancing and consolidating your federal and private student loans at a lower rate. In fact, SoFi borrowers save on average $14,000 over the life of their loans. In addition to, to savings, SoFi members benefit from unemployment protection. Should you lose your job, SoFi pauses your payment and provides access to a career service team for personalized career planning and job search assistance. To check out a full list of products and benefits they offer, just visit SOFI.com slash read to lead. That's sofi.com slash read to lead. Now for a limited time and as a listener of read to lead, you are eligible for a special $200 welcome bonus when you refinance your student loans with SoFi. Just go to sofi.com slash read to lead for this special offer and find your rate online within minutes. All loans, by the way, made by SoFi Lending Corp. NMLS number 1121636 and CFL license number 6054612. Well, Margie says you shouldn't wait to be told you're a leader, but you should assume leadership. Margie, what, what does that look like? Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't mean walking into the CEO's office and saying, hey, get out of here. I'm taking over your desk. Um, it could uh, they, they could sound like I, I'm suggesting that. I'm not. That would be really foolish and, uh, and pretty disrespectful. However, so often we we complain about our boss or our manager and go, oh, they they never, you know, they always just take the soft option or they they don't speak the truth or you, you know they just they sticking with the status quo, whatever it is. And you know, Gandhi once said, "Be the change you want to see in the world." And and when I say be the leader you wish you had in the book, it's the same sentiment that I'm really encouraging. Don't wait for someone to say, "Hey, you know." here's a title or here's an office or here's a big pay increase. Just act as the leader that you wish you had, the leader that you aspire to be. Speak up, step up, put your hand up, take initiative, um, challenge things, treat people kindly, encourage people around you, even though you may never you know, feel like, well, it's my job to do that. Just do it anyway. Um, because you just imagine, I, you know, I often say to people, like, if you were running this business, what would you do? What would you, mm-hmm. what would you do that you aren't doing? What would you stop doing that you, um, you are doing? And I think that it's just such a, a great way to approach um, our work and our life to just, just really step, up, step it up and, and be a leader. Well, you caution us, too, not to hide behind our humility. Uh, help, help us better understand how to go from uh, what we traditionally think is, is tooting our own horn and stroking our yeah. ego to, to what you say is really sharing relevant information about ourselves with the right people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I grew up on a dairy farm in rural Australia, one of seven kids. And in my, in my family growing up, you know, anyone who um, was too much of a show pony would be quickly slammed down. <laughs> it, was, it was to be... To be told that you were stuck up or anything was the ultimate insult. So I certainly grew up in an environment where it wasn't celebrated to promote yourself. Um, and no one likes someone who is constantly bragging about themselves. It's, it's painful to be around those people. 
However, humility, like any, like any strength, can be overdone. And too often, our fear of what people might think, our fear of people thinking we're, we're being self-promotional, gets in the way of us really sharing what it is we'd like to do, what we're good at, um, and letting the right people know, this is who I am and this is what I'd love to achieve and um, and I'd love your help with it. So I often say to people, you know, it comes to self-promotion, particularly those who are really reticent um, to promote themselves, is get out of your own way. Stop this being about what about you and what you can get and look at it through the lens of what it is you would love to give. What is it that you love to do? Where are your strengths? What are your talents? What are your skills and expertise? And where do you add a lot of value and make a really meaningful contribution in your work, in your community, you know, in the world? Mm. And when you look at it through that lens of what it is you have to give, it can help you get past this whole thing of, well, I want to be humble and just go, hey, I'd really love to be on this team. I'd really love to have an opportunity like this. I'd really value a, you know, a position of this sort of level of responsibility because this is what I'd love to bring and this is the skills and talents I'd love to develop more and share more widely. Um, and I think it can really help people to get over themselves, not be a brag, but to promote themselves in a way that leaves everyone better off. Well, we've covered uh, uh, quite a bit of material from parts one, two, and three of the book so far. I want to ask you some questions, Marky, not directly related to the book. But before I do, is there anything else from maybe parts four or five you want to make sure we know? Uh, look, you know, I think at the core of you know parts four, it's really about being resilient. That whole section is around what do you do when life doesn't go the way you want it to. <laughs> um, and my only comment on that is life will always <laughs> not go the way you want it to. Um, and so it is about being resilient goes hand in hand with being brave because we have to be able to bounce back, not let our failures and setbacks define us and to just continue to move forward even when at times we feel like just giving up. So, um, And obviously the last section of the book is really about stepping into action and how do you actually get into action when the rubber hits the road. Uh, is it safe to assume you're a fan of that song Brave by uh, Sarah Borellis? Yeah, I think Bar the Borellis, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am. I wished I had her voice, so I do try and sing it when I, whenever I'm listening to it. I sing it loud anyway. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, uh, Margie, if you can name for us a couple of books uh, you've read or maybe books that you're currently reading that have impacted you uh, and share mm. how or why they've impacted you as they, as they have. Yeah, well, look, actually, one I've just recently um, read, uh, the recency effect at place right here now, is, mm. is called Essentialism. Um, and it's, a, it's just a terrific book in terms of, we talked about saying no, mm. and it's really about what are the, the few essential things you really need to focus on and being able to discern the essential few from the trivial many so that you can focus your time, your talents on where you add the most value and make the highest contribution and be clear about all the rest of the things that you need to say no to or outsource or just not do at all. So um, that's a terrific book for anyone who just feels like they're constantly spread too thin, constantly distracted, and they just want to have more focus in their lives. Mm. Well, yeah, you probably are not surprised that, that many of our guests, uh, in addition to being authors, are also doing a fair amount of public speaking. I know that's the case for you. And I'd be curious to know, Margie, what are some, uh, some of your tips for delivering an impactful and memorable uh, public talk? 
Uh, you know what? I had somebody um, contact me about this this morning through my website, just mm-hmm. saying some of my advice had really helped them. And, and you know, at the core of it, you know, I once heard when I started speaking many years ago, I didn't even know there was such thing as a professional speaker, truly, um, <laughs> about 12 years ago. Never heard of one, didn't know if you could get, get paid to speak. So for me, it was it was something I discovered by simply just doing what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. But I heard someone say, um, and I'm not sure who who to, who to quote here, but don't get up to speak unless you want to change the world. Mm. And for me, getting up to speak, I always say a little prayer um, mm-hmm. before I get up and speak, and it's like, God, just give me the words that mm. will make the biggest impact and touch the hearts and minds of those I'm speaking to. Mm. And it totally shifts the space from being about me, what will people think of me? Will they think I'm funny? Will they think I'm clever? Will I get get it right? Will I follow all the 101,000 rules of being, <laughs> giving a good speech and being a great public or professional speaker to how is it I can serve the people who will be listening to me in the most profound and important ways? Um, and I think that, you know, I early on I went to a lot of different um, programs on how to be a good speaker and how to make money speaking and, you know, all the rules for, you know, how to move around the stage and, I mean, I could go on and on and on. And at the core of it, I think they can distract us from what matters most. It's not about us proving anything to anyone and it's not about us being liked and getting rave reviews. It is about the value we have to bring and the impact we can make on those who are there. And I think when we get our ego, we just get rid of that ego because it I think it undermines the presence that we bring to the stage. I don't think it I don't think it amplifies it, I think it undermines us. And to really focus on how can I serve the people who are here. Um, because I think that that really helps to just dilute our fear of what people will think of us because it's not about us. It's about them. Calms the nerves at the same time oftentimes, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean I, I will always do a few big deep breaths, you know mm. You know, even I've been speaking now for years and, you know, sometimes last week I was with Richard Branson actually um, on his island at Necker Island and I was invited to interview him. And I've interviewed lots of people and facilitated a lot of different Q&As and as well as giving a lot of speeches. And, and but Richard Branson was by far the most uh, high profile person that I've ever had the chance to, to interview and to draw out his insights and his wisdom and his life experiences. And of course, everybody around me, and there were a lot of extraordinary people there and astronauts and billionaires going, oh, you're nervous. And it was <laughs> them saying it to me was like, oh my God, I guess I should be nervous. <laughs> and, uh, and as I was kind of leading up to it and people, I could feel people were nervous for me. Like, you're interviewing Richard Branson tonight. <laughs> and, and it started to make me a bit nervous. And then I just had to stop and think, he's a human being. I mean, he's an accomplished and a famous human being, but he is just a human being. And this isn't about me. And this isn't about him. This is about how I can help pull out the most valuable insights he has um, in the hour that we have mm. for the group of people that are here. And, you know, just it's the same exercise, just getting out of our own way and then taking a few big deep breaths and just connecting into that into that place. Um, I think ultimately, I'd like, I'd like to think I did a, a, did a reasonably good job and, <laughs> um, and, and I think that is honestly, that, that's the number one bit of advice I give to any speaker, not, you know, how to move around the stage and make it funny and all of that because I think that naturally comes when we're in the right place. Well, Margie, uh, to those whose lives you've been able to touch, family, friends, colleagues, clients, uh, at the end of it all, 
how do you hope to be remembered? Ah, uh, I'd like to think, hmm, I would like to think that I will be remembered as somebody who encouraged and challenged people to think bigger about what they could do in the world mm. and to have the courage to go and do it and, and, and to have walked that talk myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's next on the horizon for you? I know the book's not been out uh, too long, but uh, yeah. what, are, what are you and your team working on now that you're excited uh, about? Well, I have to say, having just had a week with Richard Branson, I'm, um, I'm all full of possibilities. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to launch a space travel company, but... Um, <laughs> No, I would, uh, for me, I really, um, I have an online TV channel called Raw Courage TV, mm. and I, I, I really love to, to be able to grow that, to reach millions of people, not thousands, but millions, mm. um, and there's a vast gap between where I am and where I'd like to be, um, and, you know, I, you know, obviously so many people think of Oprah, but just to make that kind of Oprah-sized impact when it comes to just inspiring people and giving them just practical tools to, to make it all happen. So Raw Courage TV is where it's at, and no doubt there'll be a lot of other opportunities and, and things I'll be doing as well, and, and I'm sure there'll be some more books in, down the road. I I'm sure there's little seeds there right now that are mm. growing. I just, uh, I'm not even focused on them. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know as I read the book, I was constantly taking notes uh, about things that I wanted to uh, pull from the book and, and use with my own clients and with uh, my own future uh, presentation. So many great nuggets of wisdom here. And, and we just want to say thanks, Margie, for you taking time out of your day to, to share more about it with us. We really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for just giving me this forum to do so. You, you're a great interviewer. Hey, connect with Margie on Twitter. She's very active there, offering lots of great content. She's at Margie Worrell on Twitter. That's at M-A-R-G-I-E-W-A-R-R-E-L-L, at Margie Worrell on Twitter. We'll put a link to her Twitter handle in the show notes page for today's episode, along with a number of other books and resources we talked about today, like Margie's website, margieworld.com, and information on that Train the Brave challenge called 10 Days to Becoming a Braver You. You can visit the show notes page for that link, which is simply readtoleadpodcast.com slash 091, or go to traintheBrave.com. There you can enter your first name, your email address, and then your receipt number for the book, and you'll get access to the Train the Brave Challenge, a $99 value, absolutely free. Remember our sponsor, SOFI.com slash read to lead. That's SOFI.com slash read to lead and earn yourself 200 bucks when you refinance your student loans with SOFI. I so appreciate you listening to the podcast and I hope you're enjoying it. Let me know what you think, Jeff, at read to lead podcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you as always next time for the next episode of the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read to Lead.